15 days to slow the spread, and here we are 366 days later, and there's so many amendments I want to add or ways I want to amend that statement that it's not even funny, and it would have made for an incoherent title. For example, you know, 15 would be crossed out, and then in brackets you put 365, and then you would say days too slow, slow would be crossed out, or it would be say slow, and then in brackets you would say stop uh, the spread, and then after spread, in parentheses, it would say um, also we want to see how far we can go with control, <clears throat> signed truly, uh, sincerely yours, uh, the government. <laughs> It's a lot, I know. Uh, welcome back to the Rambling Viking Podcast. In this very special 15 days to slow the spread, 365 days later, yes, everyone and their mom is posted about, I'm sure a lot of you have probably even posted about how we hit the year mark from when oh, the Kung Flu pandemic blew up, the Chinese virus pandemic blew up, when it became very viscerally real and it's the announcement heard around the world at the thunder jazz game where uh that that ultimately was the first domino one of the first dominoes at least in the sports world it was the first domino to fall and where you have you know a defensive player of the year always a candidate who basically earned defensive player of the world and will forever forever be the greatest defensive player uh, not just in sports, but in life history, because he effectively shut down um, all of major sports, and then, honestly, in kind of continuation, <laughs> the country, and that is Rudy Robert. Um Of course, it's a French guy. Always freaking French. Uh, don't wear deodorant. All I don't know. All that stuff you heard as a kid. They don't shave their armpits. They don't wear deodorant. Oh my gosh, they still smoke cigarettes. They're not vaping. You know, all that stuff that you hear about uh, France. Yeah, you know, all the fancy stuff is always French. You know, champagne actually has to come from champagne. Uh, French fries, uh, not very fancy. One of the few non-fancy French things. But, you know, you have French cuff dress shirts. You have, uh, uh, you know, French wine, even though supposedly Spanish wine is better and cheaper. You know, and you think when you think Chef World, you know, you go to pay, you go to you go to Paris, and you have the Louvre, uh, all that good stuff. Yet they're notoriously known for not really winning any wars. Even though I I learned more recently, I, I guess they had a bigger part in our revolution than uh, probably credited. But so, but that's it's about it. You know, notoriously known for really not putting up a fight at all. So, but yeah. So it's uh it's one of those we're going to look back on the past year just think about it. I thought about like going into it real detailed um you know kind of look back picking out some real highlights but it, but I figured it's better just to kind of do a an off the cuff in the moment kind of reflection. I mean I'm sure we've all thought about it. I mean it's the day technically I'm a day late on this but I will let you know that a wizard or a viking is never late. He arrives precisely when he wants to. You know, see, wizard says means to, but as a Viking, it's I arrive precisely when I want to. So, and uh, I can change my mind whenever you want and whenever I want, and there's nothing you can say about it. That's more like the Viking take on it. So, yeah, that's what we're going with, right? 
because I could have gone with yesterday, but I think I would have just got lost in the sauce. I think if it comes across like, oh, this is a day after, uh, you know, but and maybe it's still that's more of a reason for it to get lost in the sauce. I don't think a preemptive one would have done any good, though. But here we are rambling on about the relevancy of this episode drop. But yeah, I'm, you know, it's it's just it's crazy how much has happened and then how much has not happened in the last year. I mean, for the first time ever, the thing that so when this all kicked off, the one of my first thoughts, right? And this some people might knock me for this like, oh, it's a serious pandemic. People are dying. Millions of people have died all over the world. I know. And yes, this is true. But it was kind of a, I like to think of it as a long game thought, a retro, a preemptive retrospective look at things, right? To overcomplicatedly, overcomplicatedly state it, <clears throat> my first thought was, oh, well, because you had like, this, all the sports got postponed, and then you had March Madness just get canceled, then you had Olympics being canceled, then you, you had everything stopping, the entire world stopping. My first thought is, if I, if I get through this, which at the time I was like, yeah, I'm going to get through this, but this is, this is one of those like very historical moments not to over, not to beat a dead horse, and I mean a dead horse at this point, but it's like that 9-11 moment, right? Like, I was only like six or seven, barely remember it, couldn't really comprehend. I kind of, that was a big enough event where it was tragic, but, you know, being an adult and, and living through something like that, I think it, it hits a lot harder in a lot of ways, just because, you know, you're a kid, your comprehension of, of complex, nuanced things and all the factors and variables surrounding a certain event don't necessarily go into it but I definitely remember thinking like this is going to be something that I'll tell my kids and grandkids and you know when when I'm old and gray I'm going to look back and be like hey I was I was there for the 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 kung flu pandemic uh, and yes I'm going to be obnoxious about that because that's been my favorite term by far and uh you can call it racist that's fine I don't care and <laughs> I I you know I lived through that the the corona madness, uh, the COVID nightmare, whatever you want to call it, and and the craziness that it was, you know, where we saw March Madness canceled, we saw sports seasons canceled, and then revisited in a bubble, and then, you know, we we saw a nationwide shutdown and people basically hunkering down like fallout shelter style almost you know toilet the great toilet paper shortage that's what i really hope is that the stupid stuff like the toilet paper thing <laughs> um and hand sanitizer bottles being sold for like hundreds of dollars because supply and demand economics are crazy and when supply goes way down and demand goes way up you you get <laughs> Clorox wipes going from $5 for a little a little cylinder to $50 and it's just like what in the world is going on and you know we have things like oh don't mask up don't worry and then all of a sudden it actually gets real and they're like well we just said that so you wouldn't buy all the masks so we could have some PPP and we're like well that's kind of a crappy thing basically you're saying hey I'm doing this for your own good you t you guys are too stupid to understand this I'm lying to protect you, but I'm actually not protecting you because masks do help. And now everyone's a bunch of mask holes out there, uh, as we covered a couple stories on the last episode. I think I mentioned the Starbucks girl, but, you know, where she's in the drive-thru maskless because you're in a freaking drive-thru. And the guy goes, I can't hand you your drink. Basically says, I can't hand you your drink, but I can give you this mask to put on. Then I can give you a drink. She goes, so you're telling me 
You can give me a mask. You can hand me a mask. We can exchange without me having a mask. You can give me a mask to put on my face. So then you can hand me your drink. Do you not see how asinine you are? And it went viral. It was funny. But sorry if I belabored that point on my, because I brought that up on my last episode. I just couldn't remember. And I'm not going to go back and scrub through. But yeah, and just the transformation, you know, from. For a lot of people, he still is this way, but, you know, the, the, the rise and the rise of, you know, Dr. Anthony Fauci out of nowhere, who's probably been, who in a lot of ways will be seen as, you know, one of the, like the first, I don't know, to me, it's like the first time where you have like the governmental, I don't even know his title, <laughs> infectious disease expert, whatever he supposedly is on, you know, uh, epidemiology or whatever, and, you know, being such prominence being on the stage every day with the speaking interchangeably with the president talking about it leading the way uh only to really at this point end up as being kind of a kook uh, to me in a lot of ways flip-flopping on anything everything which the overall point when i look back at this is like you know we look we naturally look to our sources of authority the cdc and the government and government officials like dr anthony fauci and i don't think that's a bad thing however i do think on some level how some people hung on every single word from these people without understanding that like everyone is learning as we go nobody this is a brand new strain of this disease nobody really knows what's going on we think we know and like it's I mean, honestly, it's like the game Plague. If you ever play the game Plague where you're the disease trying to eradicate the world, this is exactly how this goes, right? You're a new disease. You kind of mutate. People think they have you under control. Then all of a sudden, boom, you get your deadly symptoms and you start killing off as soon as as possible, trying to kill everyone off. And they're like caught on their heels, right? And that's kind of what this was here. It's like, it's something new. So anytime you have something new, it's like if, if you and five friends are all learning a brand new skill that you've all never done before and have zero like experience or any understanding of and you're looking to your friend who seemingly is the most we'll say like is the smartest one and he's like i'm just as such as you like i can i can work through the help you work through the thought processes maybe a little bit better but like i'm learning just as fast as you are and so you know it's one of those things where i re- really for a lot of people you know you lean into your faith like it brought into perspective of the finiteness of just everything and, and of life in general. And it obviously got politicized in this world where everything is politicized, even dove shampoo using the word normal on their uh, products. Like everything is, is politicized now. And it's the unfortunate truth of our time that I, I hope for a day when it's not, but you know, of course, and then it gets politicized to a certain extent and both sides yelling, just stop politicizing it. You're so political with it. And it's more of like, look, nobody really knows what's going on. I mean, back in January, February, it was like, there's no signs of human, human transmission. It's not airborne. It's this. And eventually we thought, Oh, it's kind of airborne. It's droplets. Don't wear masks, wear masks and wear two masks. And some people even say wear three masks. And then, I mean, I'm not trying to go down the rabbit trail of like where Fauci was like two masks. It's common sense. And then the next day he's like, he's like, well, there's no science. There's no science and, and, and data right now to say that, you know, two masks are any better. And, you know, people saying, ah, oh, he's flip flopping. And it's like more, more of he's, he's kind of speaking out of both sides of his mouth in like, he's speaking as a common person. It's like, um, <laughs> It's almost it's almost like the mindset of uh, 
it's like, oh yeah, you know, naturally if I wear, if I wear one layer, I'll be warm, but I'll wear two layers, I'll be warmer. But then also people looking at it and being like, yeah, but if you're in Antarctica and you get too warm and you sweat, it freezes, you get hypothermia type situation. Uh, I don't know what I'm saying anymore. It's all, it's all out there. And that was a horrible impression of Anthony Fauci. It was all over the place. Um, I've already given him too much lip service in this episode, but this is supposed to be reflective, right? A look back on everything that transpired. And, and really this episode is more for you to do the same. Think back, reflect. Uh, I know one area that I fell short was I would say I didn't, I didn't seize the opportunity enough for uh, skill development, those sort of things. Uh, and, and really, you know, taking certain opportunities to uh, hone, maybe, maybe just better myself in certain areas where I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, haven't been better, you know. And I'm sure hindsight's always twenty twenty. You can Monday morning quarterback yourself to death and be like, well, I always could have done more here and there, but that's not what I'm here to do. But uh, you know, I can't take it back, so there's no point in regretting it. And that's one important life lesson that I that I always try and keep with me is like, look, do your best. Um, you may regret may try and creep in, but don't let it stave it off and say, look, I, I made my decisions how I made them. This is how it's supposed to unfold. Um, you know, for me, as, you know, as a believer, professing Christian, obviously it's like, look, this is, I, I look at it and as, you know, there is a larger plan for my life and this is how it's supposed to happen. Right. Like certain things in my life have wish gone, you know, I can sit back sometimes and go, I wish I had gone different, but it, it happened all for a very specific purpose to get me to where I am and who I am today. And I, I just think about the movie, the butterfly effect, you know, I'm not going to sit here and be like, that's absolutely accurate, but you know, one little detail totally changed the future. Each time I went back and realized it had to happen that exact way because you think you fix one thing and then butterfly effect, right? It's, it, it dominoes down this rabbit hole and you have a tangent and, you know, now the Marvel cinematic universe talks about those tangent timelines and blah, blah, blah type stuff. But yeah, it's, it's been a wild ride. I feel, you know, a lot in a lot of ways we're we're on the horizon. Uh, I mean, we can see the horizon, and it's like people are ready to open up. I'm ready to open up. I mean, here in Oklahoma, though, we've basically always been open. Which I don't know if I made this on uh, comment on a podcast recent on an episode recently, but it's funny to me. You had those reports like starting a week and a half, two weeks ago, about Texas is opening up. Uh, Mississippi is lifting their statewide mask mandate. And literally, I'm sitting here in Oklahoma going, state mask mandate? Yeah, no, I don't know what that is. We, we literally haven't had that. I think we maybe had that in like May, June of last year. But we have literally not had. It's been up to each township, municipality, uh, how they enforce that, right? And so, which I think is for... For states like Oklahoma, that makes the most sense because you're extremely rural and then you have a couple, really only two kind of urban hubs and then some 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 uh, smaller cities, just a couple more. And then most of everything else is farmland. It's like when you're when you're so rural, it's like, look, we're not going to we can we can decide for ourselves out here what's you know, when it's time, when the time is right and. Uh, you know, and, and how to keep it going, but we're here. It was wild. You know, it was, it was almost like a deafening silence, uh, when that moment hit. Cause I remember, I remember back in February, it was, you know, we had, there was like a couple cases in Chicago, a couple in New York. I don't know. And it still felt, here's the thing that I always 
am just in shock and awe of how flippant I was and every, everyone was about it, you know? So I think some people try and look back and be like, oh, you know, I was really worried about this. And it's like, were you? Were you? Like, really think back. Because I know when I really think back, I'm like, this thing was not. I remember saying like, oh, it's kind of weird. Got this new thing. And there's a couple cases. But remember Ebola? Ebola was supposed to be real bad. And you had a few cases come to the U.S. But it, uh, you know, it wasn't as transmissible. But it was way deadlier. I think we could all agree. Uh but, you know, we had a few handful of cases come in the United States and then it kind of went away. And so that was our most previous experience. So that's kind of the ones I was looking at. Through. It was like, you know, it might spread a little bit and like, you know, we might have some more cases in like Chicago, L.A., New York, Miami, like larger hubs like that. But I never could have imagined it would have just like blown up in the matter of, you know, from mid-February to beginning of March. It's like we we are hard shutting down borders. You're having Spain and Italy triaging and like being overrun and you're having, uh, you know, everyone agrees like, hey, let's shut down. And then turns out that's actually 15 days is actually, you know, until we say stop. <laughs> More or less, we are now at 360. I've been waiting for this day. 365 days to slow stop the spread. It's funny to look back on. You know, it was 15 days slow spread. And it was like, all right, cool. We don't want to be Spain or Italy. So we want to be able to kind of stock up, prepare. You know, hospitals turn into COVID units. Elective surgery stopped. Uh, all that good stuff. Uh, and, and we kind of like beefed up, right? Well, then that kind of like we got to 15 days and we're like, okay, now, now people are like, well, we're just going to keep working from home. You know, it's going to be a month and it's like, all right, maybe by April, summer's going to hit and it's going to kill this thing off. And then it doesn't. And then you start realizing like, this is, this is going on. This is still really, really going and not in the sense of like, okay, you know, we are still learning though. And, and then it was like. You got deep into the summer, into August and September, and you're like, all right, this is starting to feel more and more like a seize control thing and our benevolent overlords and governors in certain places being like, we are the rulers. And then you start seeing the hypocrisy shine through of like rules for thee, but not for me type situations with certain politicians and people in power being like, oh, you can't go anywhere. Don't you can't see your family at Thanksgiving. I'm going to take my private jet to Mexico for Thanksgiving. Bye. And you're like, wait, um, what? Like, I think the mayor of Austin did something like that. It was ridiculous. He was literally like, it was like that. It was like in the morning announced to the people like, Hey, I don't know why I went half Obama on there in the morning. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, in the morning he's talking to the, to the people of Austin and he's like, Hey, you're going to have to hunker down. You may have to like make the sacrifice, not seeing your family, which by the way, I did not make that sacrifice. I'm going to see my family because by that point we had started to get a better idea on the therapeutics, the treatment, uh, vaccine was actually really on the horizon. Remember when nobody believed that we can get a vaccine by uh, not even me, like literally nobody. They're like, it's going to take 18 months. This is going to be brutal. And then they're like, we'll do it in 11 or 10 or whatever it was. And it actually happened. And now people were to the point where people were getting vaccinated. And it's like, Hey, we're going to have like, like a quarter of the population I saw has gotten their first shot. Uh, like we're, we're to the point where it's, it's like, Oh no, but like may, well, first of all, everything should be like reopening now because we're, most people we're moving to like phase three and four where it's non like super high risk people. So we should be like functioning again. 
and just kind of fully open, it, you know, and, but that's a, we can obviously get into that whole thing, but you know, and then, and then, and then people, I think people started to question it more and more. And you were like, then you started the whole, you know, politicization around masking and people getting super upset. And you seen crazy, like things in crazy California where they're like, you need to wear a mask at all times everywhere. And you're like, wait, wait, wait. But it's proven that if I'm outside by myself, there's nobody to infect. It's like the, you know, tree falls in the forest and doesn't make a sound type situation. And, and you start, you start seeing places, you know, you start seeing instances where it's like, look, you know, certain, certain places, once you, after you get it to, to show a negative test so you can return to duty or return to whatever, you know, get back to your life. And, but when actuality, the CDC doesn't recommend that because you can show positive for up to 90 days after having the virus. And it's actually like, has your fever been broke for several days? Are your symptoms wearing off? Is your temperature normal? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, then you're in, and you hit 10 days uh, post start of your symptoms and your fever has been gone for a couple days and your symptoms have kind of been staved off, then guess what? You're no longer infectious based on the information we have, but you still saw like, I, I heard stories of people who were, who were like, yeah, I have to do two negatives. And so they couldn't get two negatives. And it was like, so we're going to, we're going to follow everything to a T and right. And that's where I just come back to. It's like people believe what they wanted to believe myself included on certain things. And it's, it's kind of, it's just so crazy to me because it's like we, we, you, you'd see them hang on all the newest guidelines and, and what the health leaders are saying like it was, you know, life. Well, in a lot of ways it was, but you know, life and death, but I would say overly dramatic about it. And then, but then in certain instances, they would ignore that or just let irrational fear take place and, and or what you, whatever you want to call common sense. Right. And so it's, then you, it's like, we're going to follow one through nine, but not guideline number 10, but guideline number 10 is just as proven as one through nine. So why are you not fall 10? Because you're arbitrarily want to. Yeah, that's no, no, just going to say no. <laughs> You know, it's like, uh, you know, in the cancel culture thing, it's like the mob comes after you and you didn't do anything wrong. And they're like, apologize. And you just, no, uh, uh, I'm going to take no for my livelihood for, for 500, uh, crazy, but it's been a wild year and it's crazy to think that there are still places like California that like are, are pretty strictly locked down. Like we've gotten to a point where we realize you know, you hear this spout a lot, a 99% survival rate, and that's basically, that's young, healthy adults, right? So when you have comorbidities, which the interesting study that I that I just briefly heard about that came up was that, you know, 73% of uh, severe COVID cases dealt with obese people. So like literally people who have a lot more mass. And my first response to that is, okay, let's think about something for a second. America. Um is has like oh an obesity epidemic like the average person probably has a bmi close to 30 which bmi isn't great for if you're an athlete at all or muscular at all it's because i've i've been overweight according to my bmi my entire life because i've uh, been um i have more athletic build right 
Adrian, the, the famous case of Adrian Peterson was considered morbidly obese because of his BMI. And so it's like, that's where you got to take into account like body fat percentage and stuff. But still, it's still very clear that like everyone looks at America and is like, man, you're fat. And we are, and we're overweight. And so on one hand, I'm like, they're like, oh, shocking report. And I'm like, I mean, by law of averages, you were going to see that. But, but I still think it holds some weight in terms of, in terms of the, uh, gosh, I just lost my train of thought. (laughs) It holds some weight in terms of, you know, it's valid in that that's an important observation to give to give attention to, to say like, okay, so maybe, maybe something to do with the comorbidities and the, and the, and the certain, you know, potential health problems that can go along with being overweight and obese have some tangible effect in how your body can handle the Kung flu. And it's interesting, right? It's interesting. And at this point, I don't even know where this episode is gone. It's uh, supposed to be a reflection, I guess, but looking back, you know, it just, it was such a shift. It, I can remember the exact like feeling of like, oh, what's going on? What's happening? And fortunately, I know I've said this before. I just buy bulk toilet paper all the time already. And it's, and so I only buy toilet paper like twice a year. So everyone scrambled. There's no toilet paper. And I was like, I looked at my closet and was like, I got like 35 rolls in here. I'm, I, I literally, fortunately I had stocked up like in that January or February. And so it's totally fine, which is, makes my case for toilet paper, trash bags, like laundry detergent. These are things that you use almost daily. If not, well, toilet paper, you should use daily. I hope, but basically use them daily. So buy in bulk anyways, because nobody who wants to go have to go to the store every two weeks to get toilet paper. Like, no. If you can get it in bulk, if you can get 50 rolls at a time, get 50 rolls at a time. Also, it's worth spending a little extra money on to get some higher quality. I'm not saying just buy the most expensive because saying, ah, it's most expensive, it has the most value, but pick and choose, be smart about it, but buy a good, solid quality, you know? Take care of, take care of your backside. Take care of your bum hole a little bit. But, yeah, where were you? When all this broke down, do you remember how you felt? Did you have to work from home? Did you get the virus? I did. We covered that. You know, how, where do you stand now on everything? It's, it's, it's just so interesting. One, one thing that kind of caught me off guard is you see breaking news report about CDC guidelines regarding vaccinated people. And it was like, you look, if you're vaccinated, you're hanging out with vaccinated people. You can no, you don't need a mask. Uh, you, you can live life as normal. And, like I don't the news the way the news I guess it would be spin the spin that was put on this or the emphasis is like oh CDC guidelines look they're they're letting you do this stuff again and I was like hold on no they're stating the obvious the point of this vaccine rollout is to get back to normal live life as normal and we know it's like ninety five percent effective Pfizer and Moderna are ninety five percent effective against this thing so guess what you're not gonna you can still get it but transmission drops to like night is like at 90% prevent it prevents transmission. So it's like, all right, at what point is this acceptable that we know that, look, there's still some inevitability, but dat gum, we are five and 10% at that. So it's like going to be ext- only extreme cases. So I don't know. The CDC came out and some people were like, Oh man, you see, they're letting us do that. I said, letting us, I, first of all, I could always do this. It would just be assuming a certain level of risk, just like, driving my car too fast or riding a motorcycle without a helmet. I'm, I'm assuming risk. There's assumed risk in things. 
uh, you know, this is something more in the gym world. Like you, you, you sign that waiver when you sign up. Cause it's like, I'm assuming the risk that comes with strength training, X, X, Y, Z, whatever you're assuming that risk. Now, you know, it could have been not courteous or whatever. Certain people go around and just not washing my hands, coughing on people, breathing on people, whatever, getting in their space. But I don't know. I just, it's kind of silly me. The CD's like, look, you can do normal stuff again. And people just like sheep we are sit back and go, oh, thank you. I had no idea. And that's probably not how people are receiving it. But to me, I'm like, is this not like this? This is so obvious. This is like the power cord that comes with the TV in the box. You don't go, I wonder what this is for. Let me read the manual. <laughs> no, it's the power cord to turn it on. It's like, no, no, this is the vaccine. You are vaccinated. We know for a fact these vaccines, vaccines have been cleared. We know they are this effective. Go freaking live your life. Don't wait for somebody up top and tell you. First of all, why would you even hang on? You know, this. I, I still am fine with the CDC. Guidelines just change as we discovered more is, is my excuse for them. But there's, there's other people in power who've really overly done this. And, and Anthony Fauci is one of those dudes for me. I'm, I'm done with him. I'm over it. I'm o- I get him off my side. I scheme on TV and said, I don't care. I don't, why am I talking like that? I don't care. Like, dude, you, you've, you've lost so much credibility with me in terms, in terms of trust in the way. And it just goes to show you, like, he's not a politician per se in terms of an elected official. And so he doesn't know how to play the game as well. So he, I think he gets caught in with his pants down in a lot more situations, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just wild to me. You know what, what, what would your what were your thoughts when all this shut down? Did you believe 15 days to slow the spread? Like, I don't know, me and everybody else, all the dumbos out there, not realizing that when government can seize power, it will seize power, and then that how things will slowly shift. You know, that's what it is. It's a slight shift, right? It went from slow the spread to, I noticed, I started seeing things say, stop the spread. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa stop it. No, 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 we can't stop it. That That is a provable fact. You cannot stop it. You can slow it. You can prevent certain people, maybe, so you drop their chances real low that they'll get it to protect them. But we we're not stopping this thing. We're too deep. You know, at that point we were probably five six months deep. It's like we're way too deep to stop this thing. Or certain reports about like how there was no more no more overall. It was statistically insignificant or not significant. Um, m- more amount of death last year than 2019. But like you saw. Deaths related to like diabetes and heart disease uh, dropped, which you've never seen before. They're always, you know, or obesity maybe is broader for the diabetes one. But those kind of deaths never never go away. And so you you had certain questions about certain classifications and misclassifications of COVID deaths. Not to say, I'm not sitting here saying COVID wasn't real and wasn't actually killing people. I'm just saying you have to take things in their full context because you get too hung up on one little thing and it's just, and and you'll get too narrow minded about it. And it's like you're 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 missing it. You're missing the point here. You're you're not seeing that. You're not you're not seeing the whole picture. You need to understand and take it in stride. Because once they knew enough, my level of fear of this thing was literally dropped to none. Now I think most people's level of fear was based upon like I don't want to give it to my sick to my old parents or grandparents or whatever um, because they're higher risk. And like for me, it's like I don't want to give it to my sister, and she had a right to be. Um, afraid, you know, she has autoimmune stuff, but, but in some sense, it's like, I was never afraid of myself getting it. I was like, I, and I looked at it as like, I will eventually get it. And I did got the Christmas COVID, but 
because I knew I would be fine. And I came out on the other side. And it's like, guess what? I've got antibodies now. I'm freaking invincible. Let's go lick some walls and doorknobs. Let's do this. I'm going to eat food off the ground. I'm going to go to every restaurant. Uh, the, only, the only thing I wish is that I wanted to get a big fat chain that said antibody, bro. And so I just could get away with not wearing a mask anymore because I'm not spreading this thing. So, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'm ready for people to stop losing their minds and being terrified out of their life. That's honestly the most devastating thing to me um, is the level of fear, anxiety, and problems. And, and that's where I talk about taking things in full context when, when you look at the, the the level of the shutdowns the and the length of them. And you... and, and it's going to be sad to see in a few, in, in a year or five years, whenever they figure out all the data, how deaths related to like suicide, like drug and alcohol abuse and depression, anxiety, how, how much did those all skyrocket? We're seeing some initial numbers. I'm not going to speak to them because it's like at a glance, I saw something. So I don't want to just butcher it. Uh, I've butchered enough already. Those sort of things, you know, people losing their businesses and their livelihoods for various reasons. And you look at that and you weigh that with, well, we, we prevented people from dying of COVID. And it's like, well, where's the balancing act? You know, if you think about the classic balancing scale of two little pans that are hanging on chains, it's like you want to, you want it to be balanced. Right. And I think that's a good lesson to take. It's like where we balance people only looked at one side of that scale and didn't think about like, okay, a lot of these shutdowns and things like that going on for too long or being too strict in certain ways cause cause it it's like look yeah oh it manages covid but actually it turns out maybe covid isn't worth managing to this extent because it makes all this other stuff skyrocket and that that's one thing i'm particularly nervous about not excited to see come out and i'm sure it'll be you know you'll have people covering it their own ways but i try and just look at it as a whole and I'm not excited about it because i think i think it's going to be bad like we're already seeing the, the nursing home numbers uh, around New York, which we all knew, and Michigan, and it's like you're seeing that backlash, but it's really about Cuomo being very, uh, being a sexual deviant towards, <laughs> towards make in advances that he made to women. It sounds like ah, he's a classic New York scumbag in power. You know, if I, if I had a dollar every time, oh, you mean a big rich New Yorker was a was a dick towards women? <laughs> uh, no, no pun intended. Like <laughs> was was like making unwanted advances. Oh wow, who would have thought? Well, you know, let's not forget about the the cover, the giant cover up, and his horrible nursing home policies that literally sent people to their death. You know, and that's what I'm not excited about. I'm excited to come out of this, but I'm also, I'm hopeful that people will have enough reasonable people look back and be like, this was a little too crazy in certain areas and a little bit too overdone and overblown in that we had other things, you know, you know it, it, it affected people negatively in these other ways where it's like, ah, oh, they didn't get COVID and COVID spread is still stopping, which by the way, COVID still spread pretty handily after masking, social distancing, shutdowns, you know, a year of it. And so it's like, that'll be the other thing to look at is, you know, how truly effective was it? We didn't overwhelm our hospitals. Remember, that was the initial idea too. We just need to, this thing's going to spread, but we need to not overwhelm our hospital system. We need to protect the vulnerable. That was, we don't want it to spread too quickly like wildfire. And then our, we're, we're like Spain and Italy. That was the initial thought. And then it moved on to, it was like, no, 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 we just don't want more people. We just don't want people to get it at all in general. And then it was, we we're trying to totally stop the spread. And then it was, uh, 
I don't even know after this. And then it was, oh, you know what? We just kind of like this control. You may not get next Christmas. And you're like, first of all, I got this Christmas and I'm going to get next Christmas. And uh, by the summer, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm going to be done. I've already seen it. I love, and this is why I love Oklahoma. I've already seen it. I've seen, I was in a store the other day and of course mask mandate and someone wearing my mask and shopping around. And I see this couple totally maskless and I was like, interesting. And then I, I just kind of like, we were kind of in the same general vicinity. So I watched, watched them. This is going to sound so creepy. Just kept my eye on them. Maskless the whole time, mainly because I wanted to see if anyone would come up to them. No workers, no people came up to them. Nobody said a word. They checked out. They checked out maskless. Nobody up front, none of those workers that they had to go to the register didn't say a word, not a peep. And I've seen that sort of thing several times, mainly at restaurants. People walk in and like, whatever, I'm about to sit down and I would take it off anyways, big whoop. And I'm going to sit there yelling and chewing. And you're going to take my nasty plate from me that I spit all over because, you know, and so it's like, I, what do we do? I wear this from the door to my table and ooh, I've helped a lot because it's the recirculation of air. You mask holes, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's such interesting stuff. I think I belabored this point enough, but just a quick reflection on how far we've come, the craziness that it all was, you know, I'm hopeful that we will get back to normal and that people will, will be willing to stand up and be like, no, we are going back to normal. Cause and I think a lot of people are because I, people are tired of it. They're sitting there kind of waking to the, coming to their senses being like, hold on. No, 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 Mr. Government. I know we give you the power. And, you know, we had this most recent stimulus relief bill that's just going to hyperinflate our currency and bankrupt our kids and make things super difficult. And But, oh, we're all getting $1,400, even though we paid almost we paid roughly $5,700 into this bill. That's what's going to cost us in taxes, but you get 14 back. So it's more like a crappy tax return on that. Bang for your buck is bupkis, but that's also another episode. So we'd love to know your thoughts, your reminiscing. Uh, you can email the show to the rambling Viking at gmail.com or send me a text. You know, it's uh, 580-789-9258. Send the show a text and, you know, any of your reflections, insights, where you were, how it felt, the eeriness of it all, you know, what January, February, and then March, and then April, you know, just everything. It's been a wild, wild year. Definitely one to remember forever and to tell stories about and learn a lot of lessons from. So I'm still hopeful and trying to remain optimistic. And, you know, it was one, too, that was good for reflection and opened up a lot of people to understanding, you know, I'll close with this, the finiteness of it all, right? That we truly don't have a lot of control when it comes down to it. And I'll come back to this, you know, it's that like, look, um, we're... <laughs> You know, in the Bible, it talks about how, like, we're, we're just like a rose. We bud one day and then we're dead the next. And, you know, in the grand scheme of things, this is one tiny blip in the thousands and thousands and tens of thousands, potentially millions of years of history. And uh, hopefully I didn't upset my Christian friends by saying millions, but that's another conversation. And because God is technically timeless. So anyways, you know, it's one of those things where it really, for me... Having my faith in Christ really became a lot more of a cornerstone in the last year just because I was like having that trust and, and faith and hope of things not of this world. And like whether you think these are it's silly stories or not, you know, I believe it to be completely and wholly true. And it is by faith, too. That's another thing. But 
there was comfort in that, right? I didn't, yes, I was anxious. Yes, I was nervous about things. Yes, I was, you know, if you want to call it fearful at times, but ultimately it, it provided a, a, a moment to really come back and lean in hard on the fact that like, you know, I, I, I have full faith in God that, you know, in his plan. And that if it is, say, if it is my time to go, it's my time to go. I have comfort in, uh, in that I know where I'm going for my salvation. But it's just one of those things where it's like, I definitely think seeing how secular our world has become, I think this was a huge wake-up call. And I can say that the people of faith, you know, they there's resilience in that faith. And I don't know. I My, my hope and prayer is that some people would realize that or, or maybe maybe come to see the, the the value in that and and come to at least at least open open their ideas to that because it definitely it, we see our mortality and I know that a lot of people look at life and say yeah there's there's something outside of it, there's something beyond and most people kind of want to take the the non confrontational round of like oh you know there's something I don't know what it is or you know there's many ways you know there's 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 Islam there's there's Buddha there's Christianity there's you know there's Judaism, there's all these different, there's Mormonism, there's all these different things. And it's like some people, in a lot of ways, it's kind of the easy way, but I can understand it. If you truly don't know, you truly don't know. I'm not going to sit there and press you too hard. You know, I sit here and say that Christ is the only way and that Christianity is the, the, the one true way. And I think there's certain fundamental differences, but also another topic for another day. So we'd love to know any of all of your reflections. This has my been my anniversary episode 15 JK, 365 days to slow stop the spread slash see how long we can control you. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you guys have a wonderful weekend and continue to look up at a brighter future and where we're going to be vaccinated and going back to normal. We should be getting back to normal. Thanks, everybody.